Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 465's After, After Show. Oh, oh, oh. Nailed it. A uh, little tidbit. Apparently, upon replay of an Instagram story this weekend, I think it's reasonable to say I should not be doing karaoke of any kind, and I do not apparently uh, sing well with Belle Biv DeVoe. Now, that girl was poison. Poison. Yeah. Poison. Yeah. And was she driving you out of your mind? (laughs) Was it hard for you to find? Uh, That's why it's hard for me to find. Uh (laughs) Can't get it out of my head. Did you kiss miss her? her? Kiss, kiss her. her? Love her? Love her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Um, don't, Terry, oh well. don't let people put a rain cloud over your head. You sing when you no, feel. And urged quite to honestly, sing. no one did. To be honest, no one did. But when you I reassessed, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that ain't good. But uh, I don't think that really matters. It doesn't right? matter, Terry. <laughs> yes, they're saying on the board, let us decide. Let's hear it. Well, no, it was out on the Instagrams this weekend. Um, speaking of uh, some recent stuff over the weekend, a lot of hubbub, and this could have been talked about in the regular show. More hubbub, because that's the official cool term for kids these days, was a lot of Brixton card updates and postings and uh, excitement around. I mean, you're seeing. Brixton cards, excuse me, Brixton cards flying around everywhere. And now I guess the the very first question I have, Johnny, is where in the world do the values set and come from now? Because I don't know. To quote Aladdin, right? This is a whole new world. Or not. I guess, yeah. I, I just showed the uh the earlier edition, the twenty twenty two one, and then even though it's labeled 2022, it obviously came out recently, 2023. I did a, I did an opening of two boxes. Yeah. Got some cool signatures. I got two Evelina Solomon signatures. I got some, I got two signatures for the bazooka. One of which was one was with uh, Nicholas Antala. I got a separate one for Albert Tom. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. I was really hoping, I know this, this maybe sound a little conceited, I was really hoping to. You were pull, hoping to get one of me. I was hoping to pull a Johnny V card. I'm not gonna lie, I did not. Ah, <laughs> uh, you would. I saw a few people pull some Terry Miller cards. I saw there was somebody that got the one he posted in one of the forums. I saw the one of one Johnny V card that came in the gold Ooh. packet. It's uh, some gentleman was lucky enough to have it. So, wow. What do you do? You know. I got a one well, so of one, it, it, a Rebecca Cox card. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I've got one more box coming. I opened two. I've got one more. I'll keep it sealed. Drop it right in this little bin here with all my other disc golf cards that are kind of floating around in there. And Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, I don't so know how you it, set it, values it, on them, though. That's what I mean. Like, it's a legitimate question. We've seen disc golf cards happen over the last decade. Uh, Tops uh, has had sets, uh, lots of different sets. Leaf, there's been a lot of different major disc golf, or I'm sorry, major card manufacturers that have had dipped their toes in some capacity into disc golf figures. So that's not entirely new uh, in that set. 
obviously Brixton going about it in an entirely uh, all-in sort of way. And then, of course, the partnership with the Pro Tour and the officially licensed cards, all the autographs, whatever, and all the cards that are available. I mean, just this huge quantity of cards that I haven't fully consumed what's all there and what's not. However, there the the question for me just is where, and of course the Disc Golf Pro Tour has had their own cards for quite a few years, of which I have a lot of. The real question me for me just is where in the world do the prices get set? A Whether it's a one-of-one one or a quote-unquote common or whatever you want to call it, I don't care like where, how and where outside of just purely making it up and somebody oh. then going with it it's where do worth, these cards get their prices set it's worth what someone's worth willing what, to pay for it terry because it's correct because these boxes yes the box figure this oh, this sounds so dumb a box is 150 bucks each box comes with five packs each pack comes with five cards there's 25 cards in there how many how, how much is each card worth well you know in theory one fifty divided you know, by twenty five, uh, so six dollars a card. So a, a base Minimum. level of a base level yeah. of six dollars a card, or maybe maybe a little lower because you're guaranteed signatures and stuff like that. I know that there is or there are a few people that are looking to create like a spreadsheet, maybe kind of have a Beckett, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. a, a spreadsheet Beckett to see what things are going for. So because we don't know, obviously my one of one, my Rebecca Cox unsigned one of one card is going to go for less than a signed Gannon Burr one of one. It's just the way it works. I don't, I don't know what my one of one is worth. Is it worth 20 bucks? Is it worth 15? Is it worth 40? I have no idea because there is no real market yet. And I will say that I think yeah. that the, there are not a huge amount of collectors out there. There's a okay amount, but there's not, there are very few completionists out there that are looking to get cards. And I, I don't know what to say as far as how you set the value of these cards. Yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see. And I think, obviously, just a flat-out generic starting price to realize that every card, in theory, should be worth at least the $6 that it cost. And then you're going to look at the scarcity, the rarity. Obviously, there's you know the condition of the cards. We're going to assume they're they're all in pretty good or great or near mint condition at least to start. Um, that's giving getting a little bit more particular and finite. But it's so tough because if I had uh, your yours is a great example. If I had the Rebecca Cox one of one, and some somebody offered me fifty dollars, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. And that's well, well for you. That's, yeah, for, that, for you, I don't that's know. difficult because you don't like to get well, rid of I'm anything. Just saying, you don't want to sell anything for less than what it's worth, but you don't know what it's worth. That's the problem. So I know you very well. You would have a hard time letting that go just because you don't know the value of it. Well, you and but but even if somebody threw out a number right now, again, until somehow we start setting these prices, any number sounds. Like nothing more than a than a pull out of the sky. That's why mm-hmm. I said if somebody said, "Hey, I'll give you fifty bucks for that one," I'd be like, mm, "I don't know. How about a how about two hundred and fifty? I don't know. Like that wouldn't be an immediate sale for me. 
just because because we truly just don't know. So I, I you know, I, I think about scarcity, rarity, how many people are trying to get like you said any if they're trying to get complete sets or not, what will well, make a complete set? Yeah. I mean, clearly you're not going to you can't have every single card. Uh, you know, and then there's only no. So you're many never going to be able to collect or one of twenty fives. Yeah, they've got different versions. Like I want to say, it's almost like subsets inside of these because you've got the 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 base ones. Which I'm going to see if I can read this here. There, there's base cards, and those base cards are like red, blue, black, basket case, bayside check, silver check, and mm. gold check. So. There's base okay. cards, which all have the same picture, and then there's different style backgrounds. And and obviously, you could have a complete set of each one of those. I know um, Mike Harrington here is a huge card collector, not just disc golf, but uh, I think he does other collecting as well, baseball cards, I'm assuming. And he is trying to get like the full you know, red and black sets, which are not extremely difficult. Those are like one in two and one in three odds, as opposed to the base, which is one in like... 1.4, I think. I know, I, my glasses. I need new glasses. Yeah, I was right. One in 1.4, as opposed to like the other ones, which are one in two, one in four. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Terry Miller. I don't know what the what what they're valued at yet. We'll just kind of keep looking. They might not be worth anything. You know? Yeah. They. You know, we, I, we paid a pretty penny for them. They're beautiful cards. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I love the way they look. Mm-hmm. But we've seen that the uh, I've got it in here and I'm not going to bother opening up the box that's in the box. Um, The original 2016 set. Those were going. I I heard things of people selling the complete set of that for fifteen hundred dollars. I've got a complete sealed set in there, which doesn't include all, you know, the bonus cards. But I've got, I think, almost all of those sitting here, too. You know, a couple grand. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of singles, which honestly are probably not worth. Hardly anything, you know. Really, what's a Devin Owens 2016 card worth? A couple bucks, maybe. My heart. Oh, my heart too. We all love Devin, but no, it. Yeah, there's you know, or or I think of you know someone like a Devin who's not on the tour anymore. Mm-hmm. Some of these other players that uh, earned a card but then aren't necessarily playing anymore. Peter McBride comes to mind uh, right off the top of my head uh, as another player. A- and- Alex Geisinger. Yeah, who obviously made a, a a return here at the uh, just a few weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. in Minnesota, but yeah, there's there's yep. tons of them. I, I Jordan Todd, you know, Al Hermosillo, Dutch Napier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, these are all guys who maybe still play, but don't not necessarily on the tour. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, going through page by page. James Snappy Cole. Yeah, Samuel Henderson, so, <laughs> Colin yeah. Bailey. You know, these are guys that most people haven't heard of unless they're playing regionally these regional days. to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh it is uh kind of interesting to see um people trying to complete sets. Are you concerned more about specifically the player? Are you a big fan of the player or are you trying to complete a particular set or something of that nature? Yeah, I I know that my 8 or 10 sealed packs of my 2016s are are going to be uh, continue to be tucked away mm-hmm. uh, in a in a very uh, safe and, and secure spot. And as we know, those are probably worth 
30 to 50% less now than what they were at the height of COVID when card collecting in general was crazy. Everything from magic to Pokemon to baseball, it was nutty because everyone was sitting around their house and they had nothing better to do than look at cards. Prices Mm -hmm. are changed. I don't know if anyone sold a complete set in the last year or two, but my guess is that they're not going for the same amount that they once were just based on all other card prices. Yeah. And you, you, like you were just saying, you think about the complete sets that are assembled that have the bonus cards or the special cards, specialty mm-hmm. cards, and then you think of just your sealed uh, decks and what the price is on those. Obviously, those are probably all going to be in better condition, the fact that they've never been opened, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's it's uh, who knows. Um, Mike on the board who we were just talking about says, 2016 is so valuable because it basically – Every single player's rookie card, except for the guys in tops or leaf that came before. Very true. Uh, you know, and in reference to that, you think about Avery Jenkins, for instance, had a card on tops, you know, many years ago. Paul McBath had a card with leaf, I believe, and with tops many years ago. So on and so forth. It feels, and, and I understand what Mike's saying, but it feels so dumb. Like it's not their rookie card. Maybe it's their first card, but a lot well, of these players, I think. Had been By playing for a, what they mean for a few years, so they're not really rookies. They were established well, pros, but I understand it's their first card. It's Juliana Corver. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> she was rookie of the year. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Um, that's I, I just, the, the, it, that's just my point. It's, it's so silly to it, to me. Like I understand it being valuable because it's the first, and it's not even the first set of disc golf cards, but it's the first set of pro tour disc golf cards because our our buddy Steve Held has a full set of like the original disc golf collecting cards from way back when discards. what was that discards this i think what they were called yeah exactly. and i believe i have i might i have some if it wasn't the whole set i know i have at least a pack of them yeah i don't know and, how many make made up the full set yeah he has he has that full set that's in like framed in like a big poster size thing that yeah. someone had given him at, at one point and it's really cool yeah so, so. Anyway, uh, that's what's going on with Brixton. Yes, um, there's been a lot of talk and conversation and hype around them. It's awesome to see. Even if you're not a card collector, I think it's kind of cool to see it unfolding because if it doesn't interest you, you just you can scroll right past it along with everything else. Uh, but it, you can. And then to, to really bring this full circle, of course, I bought into the hype. I was a little late to it. Um, in talking to our friends at Brixton, it was a no-brainer that I also jumped on board. And uh, it was just in the last day or two, I finally pulled the trigger. So I will be receiving some cards. Uh, I made a few purchases. I'll receive some cards, and then I, too, will try and be cool like the rest of you guys, and I'll, I'll do a little live opening so everybody can see what all comes in. So, Johnny, if I pull your card, shit's going to get real. Oh, uh, You know what, Terry? Maybe I'll trade you one of my Evelina Solonen signed ones because I got mm. two of them. I don't know. I might need to keep your card. Maybe you'll get two of them. Like I like, you know, I got two Mm. signed Evelina cards, so maybe you'll get two of them. I guess, I guess we'll see, but RDB says, I just needed the card talk. Yeah, yeah, we're done. We're done done. with the card talk. You can, you can come back. Yeah. Artie, I'll, I'll let them know. It's officially done now. So, uh, that was, Something else that had unfolded in the last week. Um, I've been playing some golf. Me too. Uh, I'll just put it out there. I mean, 
we both actually, yeah, have played a little bit of golf. I kind of made a conscious decision, and and I don't know how things are going to go as as early as tomorrow at this point, but I've made a conscious decision that I was either going to be out on a course or in the gym. And yes, I have chosen the gym a couple times. Uh, one or the other, I could, of course, can do both on any given day. I'm not going to say it's only can be one or the other, but I'm either be on the course or in the gym getting some exercise every day is, is my attempt and has been my goal. And I'm now rolling, I think, on seven, maybe seven consecutive days. I want to say this started last Tuesday. Um, and last Tuesdays, I think specifically, I'd gone to the, I'd, I had gone to the gym. And then every day since then, I've been able to play some golf. Now, today, I'll use as a great example, as I was rushing around and was unsure of how it was going to go down tonight, I played a nine-hole course. And what's crazy about this, too, is I am kind of in the mood of like trying to play either courses I haven't played or courses I haven't visited in a while. There's a ton of options. Uh, but today, in the Peoria area, I played a nine-hole course located about 10 minutes north of where I'm staying. And it was a hundred percent about timing. I literally needed a nine hole course because that's all I knew I would have time for. I had less than like 45 minutes to get it done and it needed to be pretty close to where I was. And this one was a little out of my way. I went there and boy, oh boy, not good. Not, not good. The course wasn't Uh, good or you didn't play well. No, the course was not good. And, and I, uh, and and again, I, I I try to temper my my overall reviews if I get around to writing them. I'm a course designer. I also know sometimes you have plenty of restrictions. You have budgetary concerns. You you can only work with the land that you're given. I understand all of that. And then I also think I don't know your your official objective with this. Or were you trying to make the toughest nine hole course? You know that that could ever be played are you trying to make the easiest course will will no one over the age of 10 you know ideally ever play this course like those are things i i keep in consideration even though if i don't know the the designer i don't necessarily know for sure but when i go to a course and every hole is under 200 feet i'm like okay well this course isn't built for ricky waisaki this course isn't built for kevin jones to come out to unless he's throwing nothing but grenades right so i i can appreciate that and and I'll factor that in. This one was weird. Uh, the very first hole, it's at a church, which is f- uh, tons of land around this church facility. Tons of land. Beautiful landscaping for some of it. But the very first hole is 396 feet uh, that plays over toward a walking path. Mm. And I wouldn't think much of it, except for I saw people on the damn walking path. Like, it plays like almost right to it. I'm like, what are you doing? Why am I throwing at this walking path on a 396 foot opening hole on this bar, this little, uh, this little course, not a single tree in sight either. And so just wide whatever. open. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get it. The, <laughs> I, I, it just, it's a weird way to set a tone for a hole on your opening hole. I feel like the opening hole and this, this gets really minor, but, or maybe nitpicky. I, there's something to be said that if somebody is coming to a course, especially when I think beginner style, when I think of a nine hole course, I generally think beginner. And secondly, on a church property, I generally think probably attracting newer players. Yes. You're, you're likely not hosting again. 
you know, a, a, uh, an F, an MPO division tournament out there. And I think 396 doesn't say beginner at all. It feels maybe a little, could feel a little deflating. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 396 to this walking path or right near it. And then the, the pole is completely bent. Like, I don't, I'm not good with angles. Completely bent. Okay, well, a lawnmower hit it. Somebody not paying attention. A car somehow got hundreds of feet over and hit it. I don't know. Don't hold it too much against it, but not not my favorite opening hole. Walk over to the second hole, and I don't see it. I I think it's back, plays parallel to one, according to the signs, according to UDISC and the signs, 287 feet. It's not tucked in the woods, which would kind of make sense, but it's not. And I'm just like, oh, I don't think I see it. I'm like, well, I'm going to throw it about 300 feet off in the direction, and maybe I'll get up there and the basket's tucked in, in, in somewhere else. No, I throw it 300 feet, and that landed me in the middle of the frickin' pond. <laughs> so one of my favorite wraiths, pro race, beat-in pro race, hand-picked from the factory. I think it has a disc golf guy stamp on it, uh, on the front, an over stamp, an additional stamp, in the pond. Oh, and by the way, I found the empty spot where a basket's supposed to be. There's literally no basket there. I don't know if it was cut out, if it was stolen, out for repair. No idea, but it's gone. No basket. That's why I didn't see one. The basket is probably where your disc is in the pond. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe (laughs) it's in the damn pond. I just looked, and I'm like, because you throw slightly up, and then right behind it, it's recessed where the pond was. And I got up there, and it was like, I'm clearly in the pond. I was so mad about it. And and I'm in a super big rush. I'm trying to get through this course in as, yeah. as quick as possible. And I have less than 45 minutes. I'm I'm really trying to, whatever course I needed to find, I needed to rip through it. And anyway, I won't go on with every hole. But long story short, not my favorite course. You got a 330-footer with another than 330-footer. And 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 I just I just think about what I assume would be the player base. And I don't see how that lines up with playing. There's like kind of there's a water carry if you play the alternate T on nine. It's three fifty seven, and it's probably three hundred to clear the water. They did have a shorter T. That basket's bent and loose. Almost every basket on this property is bent, shifted, and or then loose. I think so you're I don't right. know if they just took a pole and threw it in the ground. Uh, who knows. But not think, mounted well. I think traditionally you're right in saying that if if it's on a church ground, usually it's more probably beginner friendly, maybe more for the parish or whatever. But the way you describe the course, maybe again, maybe they were not going for a beginner style course. Correct. Maybe they have another church that has a beginner course and this is their intermediate sure. course, Terry. You know? Uh, that, that's so, possible. I mean, yes. Given it's always hard to judge based on the basket. You know, obviously you said the, some of the baskets were bent and broken. That could be uh, vandalism. That could be anything. We don't, it's hard. It's hard to say, but I don't know. I think your, expect, maybe your expectations great, were wrong. No. Well, and some great comments are coming off the board saying, um, did you not think it was family friendly? No. And you're, you're a hundred percent right. It might not have been needed to be. I mean, I don't need to walk up, it's nothing but 200 footers. That's more what I expected. But no, it doesn't have to be. And, and for all the reasons we just said, baskets uh, could have been donated. They were, they were mock fives. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That the baskets all were intact. The, the baskets and the chain entrapments were technically all intact. Every basket on that property, the eight that were there, <laughs> were either leaning over or they were somewhat bent. Or they were leaning over because they weren't mounted correctly. Somebody did not do their diligence in, in properly mounting the basket. I, I shouldn't be able to go to a basket. And then and when I retrieve it. my disc, the, the basket actually fully wiggles like inches. Not just a little bit, but inches. They were not mounted correctly. The T-signs were beautiful, by the way. The baskets were not mounted correctly. I wouldn't even complain about the, the baskets or the, the condition in which they were in, uh, in terms of like, especially if they were hand-me-downs or they came from a previous course. Like, I'm all about that recycling. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But there is something to be said about mounting the basket correctly. And that clearly was not done at all. So okay. I'm not trying to rip on the, I think it was coincidentally, I think it was called the Northwood Church. Because, of course, it made me think of the Northwood property that gets played this weekend. But I'm pretty sure it was called the Northwood Church. So, um, challenging. Yeah, certainly. A couple of 330-foot uh, holes, three, 396 or 386 to get started. Uh, don't look for hole two because it's not there. Um, beautiful T-signs. T-pads were nice. They were concrete. Uh, probably 4 by 8s or 5 by 10s maybe. So concrete tees were great, but um, I, I, yeah, I won't be, I won't be going ever going back there. Yeah, go back I. and get your race. Officially, it, no, it's officially checked off the list uh, as a course that I've played. I did, I did question like, what do you do for hole two, uh, where there's no, um, where there's no basket? What do you do for a score? Do you uh, down leave a, a leave a blank. par? Par? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know that you can. I mean, I guess you maybe you could on new disc. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and Ben says Terry's angry. I'm not. I'm not angrier than Paul's shoulder. I'm not really angry about it. I, this is more becomes a PSA. I I love courses that are on all different facilities. I I would not recommend going to this course. That that's that would be my takeaway from this. I'm glad they have a course. I think it's awesome that it exists. I can tell you though, if you have the time, you 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 could skip you could skip this course. That, that's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, but managed to get in. I did shoot another nine hole course yesterday, Johnny. Which I don't even think I'm sure you haven't played. Have you ever played the Oakwood course out in in Heartland? No. Okay, I didn't think so because that was my first time officially playing. I went out there one day, and it was super windy and cold. And I thought I wanted to play golf, and this was like a year or two ago. And I was like, no, I don't want to be outside. And I chose to skip it. Uh, yesterday, I managed Mike Harrington, who we were just talking about with cards. I believe that's one of his nine holes that he had done. Um, I managed to rip through the red tees, which are the short tees on that course. I, I had even less time. And 
this course is 13 minutes from my house. I hadn't had the chance to play it. So I got over there and uh, I parked one and two, which were pretty short and easy. Hole three, I had to make a good putt. And at that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to log this on disk. We'll see. And then I managed to birdie the other six after that as well. So I went nine for nine, which is not that incredible of a feat out there uh, in particular on that course. But it was another new course for me and pretty much ready to like take on the pros now. I think so. I think rather than commentate, I mean, I you should under. just be, you should probably bring that up in most of the interviews you do this week. <laughs> so, uh, uh yeah. Mr. Conrad, I see you shot. Wow. You had a really impressive eight under par at Northwood black. That is a great score. Um, do you, I beat that. I shot a nine under at, uh, <laughs> this, this past yeah. weekend on a nine hole. Yeah. I had less opportunity than you, James, and I scored better. So, yeah. Tell me how you feel about that. <laughs> Average putting distance was like 11 feet, probably. Yeah. You definitely need to bring now, it up with the pros. James, that's probably what I should do. I also shot a 16 under on Saturday, uh, playing with uh, Nora and Brent and another gentleman all in, uh, in uh, Dixon, Illinois. If you get a chance, make sure you check out Page Park. That's P-A-G-E, not uh, P-A-I-G-E. Uh, and, uh, they gave me a quick tour of the park. Four of us met up and, uh, we ripped through their, uh, their 18 hole course out there. Very short, very technical makes Valley view look, look long is what I'd say, Johnny. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very technical, very short. And, uh, when it was all said and done, I was, I was thrilled. I had to make three good putts to finish, but I was thrilled to birdie 16 out of the 18 holes combined uh <laughs> that course has to be like for 4200 feet maybe no it might not even be that far it's pretty short okay anyway playing more golf that's great yeah i played on sunday with some friends of ours i saturday night we went to uh, a friend's his son's graduation party and then they invited me to their sunday morning round over at brown deer which is all of 12 minutes from my house and so I played a little bit of golf and played mediocre golf, but had fun. The first time I've been out in a while and my elbow still hurts. So that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> well, here, here's what, and it's funny you say that because and, and obviously it's not like in the first, hurts, it's not like hurts sore as in like, oh man, I can't wait till it gets better. It's kind of hurts as in injury hurts. And it's been that oh, way for see, a few it's been that way for a few, like my inner thighs were a little sore because I didn't mm, stretch out very well. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and so that, but that's like a workout, you know. Oh, you didn't stretch out; you're a little sore from that. The elbow, ooh, that's that's not the. Uh, it's a good sore. That's like it's a bad sore where it's it's still tender. And I've noticed if I not even golfing, if I hold my arm in a specific position for a long time, maybe uh, doing keyboard work or holding a phone in bed, maybe like where it's kind of bent, I've noticed that it gets tight. So I need to, I'm, I might need to get that looked at. I'm just saying, or maybe next year. I, I, I'm going to admit this. Yeah, the uh, Page Park, which I, I do recommend to anyone. It's a fun course. Apparently comes in at 3,191 feet. Woo! It's, uh, that's short. And it's technical, but it is very short. I was going to say 4,000 feet, not even close. Um, yeah, I, here's what I'll say to, to kind of go along with your point, though, about the physicality of it. 
of course, I felt sore after playing the first day because it was the first time in months I had played. The second day, I felt a little sore. And then it started to wear off. And I'm now at the point where I've played for six or seven straight days, which is probably the first time since 2015 that I've done that. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do the math on that. And I am no longer sore. Like I get out and I just go out and play. And that to me has been a little piece of what has kept it exciting and going is the fact that I'm clearly into throwing more and my my arm isn't upset about that. Yeah, I wasn't sore. Whereas if you play as infrequently as we do and you only play once every six months, like you're then sore for a day or two or three. I'm kind of, I broke past that barrier. And I'm not sore at all, which actually feels pretty great. So that's that's part of what motivates me to go out and play another round. Is like, oh well, at least I won't be sore mm-hmm. and I won't be feeling it. And if I keep it going, then maybe the soreness will never catch up with me. Yeah, and I, I wasn't sore where sometimes I get sore in my like my pectoral muscle from throwing. Um, I was not sore there at all, and maybe it was because the night before at the graduation party we played a ton of can jam. So mm. it, was a, it was a lot of fun. We. Uh, it was all of all of the old guys who used to tour with us were sitting there playing. And then my son stepped in for a little while and he was really excited because during twice during practice, he he nailed the the hole. He can jammed it. He can jammed it. And I think we had to be playing at about 40 feet. I would say 40. I don't know what the standard is, but it had, yeah, it had to be at least 40 feet. And so maybe maybe it was closer to. Yeah, probably about 40 feet, I would say. Um, and, and so we did, we did that. And my son and I beat our friend, Steve and Kazi one out of four games. And I thought, thought that was good because my son doesn't play, doesn't throw Frisbee at all. And we were able to kind of squeak out a game. So I was, it was a lot of fun at home. Can jam the official distance. Just if you're going to play in an official capacity, make up your own rules as you wish. But the official distance between the goals is 50 feet. Okay. So, so if anyone's wondering at home. Uh, at one point, I sold two full pallets of Ken Jam. Uh, I I was in a, in a I had an account with them in the height the original. Yeah, I think I bought one from you. It's in my garage. Existence, yeah. And my son uh, was excited. I know he, I have he a couple of them left, and I think we're going to bring it out for his birthday party coming up with his buddies. Because I told him, I said, "Do you want to bring it out?" He's like, "Yeah, let's bring it out for the birthday party." So we'll uh, we'll yeah. get some Can Jam yeah. going. A little bit of Can Jam. I like it. Um, anything else going on in the world of disc golf or otherwise that we need to be discussing? I don't think so. Uh, I think we're just going to get ready for Ledgestone. See how much money Nate Heinold, uh, raises for some charity and watch some awesome golf. Let's, uh, yeah, let's hope so. Uh, four days. Morning and afternoon, of course, there's going to be a lot of running around in terms of these courses, having the women at essentially two different courses than the men's two courses adds just logistically a lot more challenge to everything. And then there's the social component that comes in every night of extracurriculars that are going on and disc signings and and, uh, fly marts along with the... um, uh, die academies and all those other things. I know I talked about that in the regular show, but a ton of stuff going on. So if you're in the area, you should uh, try and find yourself over here. And then next week we had to, as we start looking ahead just a little bit, we're going to head over to Idlewild. That's going to be the three-day event. And then, as we mentioned, we'll be over at Deglow 
for a four-day playoff event after that. All right, Johnny, you got a giveaway? You want to... Uh, oh, yeah, I do, somebody actually. Also, and it's, somebody it's, also... And it's all prepped. We have currently... Look at you. Uh, well, I just have to sort it. Let's sort it by, let's sort it by email address. So tonight we have 129 people eligible for our giveaway. And let me open up random 129. Yes, we have 129 people eligible for our giveaway. All right. You can, to be eligible, you can go to patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Please support us. We enjoy it. We like it. It helps us out. It helps pay for for uh, broadcasting costs, software, server stuff that we do. Um, yeah, and my hair product and Terry's hair product. I mean, look at that hair right now. Hair product. I'm saying we can't do and this without. Pretty it. soon it'll it'll be his beard dye. So keep up keep yeah. up the support and uh, and and you uh, can, Earl. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Johnny. Earl computed the odds. It's one in one hundred twenty nine. Actually, it's less than that. Because you can also submit via our website uh, without any, no purchase necessary as part well, that of that game plan. Change uh, the odds tonight. I added those. Oh, no. In. Yeah. I did is 129. I'm saying, yeah, you're, you're correct in that sense. It is one in 129 tonight. A few of those being pulled from the website. I guess that's what I was then trying to spit, uh, spit out for you guys. So, yeah. All right. Like and good said, night, Ryan Pilcher. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. Let's show our. Random.org. Terry, what are we going to draw tonight? Oh, I'll I'll probably, at some point, I will just go into the Ledgestone warehouse and steal something. Don't tell okay. anybody. Uh, Nate, if you're listening, or Jamie, if you're listening, um, thank you for the donation, each of you. Uh, but I, I will try and get my hands on something for Smashbox uh, from here at Ledgestone this week. I will do my best to do that. Maybe... I'm really good. Maybe I could even get two, one for this week and one for next week. We'll see what I can do. That'll be the plan. All right. So what number should we generate? One, two, three, four, 12, 50. I think we should generate the very first number. The very, very first, first number, number generated is our winner for tonight. 12. The number is Dang. 12. Let me bring up 12. I like it. Scroll all the way up. Remember, I sorted it by email address and the winner is Baron Pool. Congratulations, Sweet. Baron Pool. He's a three dollar. Uh, he's at the three dollar level. Patron? Yeah, lives in Massachusetts. Thank well, you, Baron. Yeah, you're gonna get something hopefully right from uh, Ledgestone. Terry's gonna steal it right out of right out of Nate's warehouse. Don't tell anybody. It might still have the sticker on it. It might still have the, uh, <laughs> the RFID tag on it. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> And I do want to give a uh, shout maybe out I'll to go Nate. live. I should go live. When I go live it. while you're stealing something. <laughs> hey guys, I'm in, I'm the, in the warehouse. What should I take? Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Nate Heinold and Ledge Stone for being Skip Ace's sponsor this week. A $75 gift card. If you are Dang. a Skip Ace Pro member, you can enter into the weekly Skip Ace Pro only event matchup and have a chance to win that. So thanks a lot, Nate Heinold and Ledge Stone. Wow, so he doesn't even know it. That Well, I mean, he knows he's sponsoring it, but he doesn't know he's going to also sponsor our giveaway. Hey, that's not our problem. He should have listened to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't come on here within two minutes to uh, dispute that, Nate, then uh, we're going to assume you're in complete agreement with it. So, yeah, we'll count on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't see anything else on the board that we need to directly address. 
I want to just quickly give it a once through. Oh, asking earlier, um, I did check in with the DOS household, and it sounds like they might have some news to announce soon. Uh, they were due last week. Yeah. Mid to late last week. So I'm, uh, yeah, uh, everybody was safe. Everything was good uh, at the time. And uh, if if there's going to be any news, I think we're going to see it soon, uh, hopefully from them. And, um, yeah, pregnancy on the rise uh, going throughout. And, yeah, we'll see how that all comes about. But anyway, no, no, no new scooters uh, for sure. That one has been. Uh, you should take the sold. new baby out on a scooter ride, Terry. Mm. like hold the yeah, baby with one on hand scooter. and and selfie <laughs> with, with the other Uncle Terry. hey let's go for we're on a ride with the new dos baby hey how you doing <laughs> as you're going down the road yeah probably uh, not and i will i will uh echo what we're seeing out here uh ryan pilcher who was on the board a little earlier regular smashy and big supporter has gone on uh had also posted a few days ago that the discontinuum club or the yeah the club challenge that took place down at Round Lake, not Round Lake, uh, in, oh my gosh, in Crown Point, holy cow, um, took place this weekend, hundreds and hundreds of people there, and when it was all said and done, it was Discontinuum who took it down. So Team Discontinuum, we know a few people on that team, including the likes of McManus and Pilcher and and uh, Dustin Skorpinski played for them, I believe Luke Hainwall did as well. Uh, so congratulations, uh, a massive, massive event with hundreds of people and representing their clubs and they've been putting it on for a few years and this year's champion being discontinuum uh club discontinuum so congratulations to them um pretty awesome to see and uh tim says terry are you going to be at idlewild yes i will in fact be at idlewild this event and next week uh i am on the ground for almost every event closing out the rest of the year i will be in studio so these two events, I will be on the ground. Um, also, play disc golf. Northwest misses you, and we have so many courses that are not pissing off Terry. <laughs> no problem. I, I want on everybody that. to send the worst courses to Terry to check out, but don't tell them they're the worst. Make sure to tell them they're the best. I got Wink. this real gem for you. Go check out this one. Yeah. I, I know is I know it says fourteen holes uh, <laughs> and under construction, but it's a real gem. I promise. Don't yeah, worry. I, again, don't. I'm not even. I'm not even picky in a lot of ways uh, when it comes to playing courses. If I'm just trying to check them off a list, I'm not like. I'm looking. I I'll, I take the Simon approach. Honestly, like I like fun, easy, easier courses. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that's pretty straightforward. You know, you're like, oh, hey, I got this nine thousand foot course. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Where are the short pads? Like, <laughs> I. And that's not just because I'm not as skilled, not just because I'm not as skilled as some of the other players, but if I'm out playing recreationally or casually with some buddies or seeing a course for the first time, like I'm, I'm different than some in that, like, yeah, 10,000 foot course just doesn't excite me at all. It just, it might be a great course and plays great, but it's also probably not built for me, you know, not built for a 950 or 60 or 980 rated player. Like, 10, 20 rated players have so much more fun on those courses because they're finding the, the correct landing zones and making it that much more fun. Plus, I don't have a forehand, so I suck like that. Terry, that could be a whole new segment. Yeah, possibly. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. A um, little light on the show tonight, but uh, it's going to be a big week, so I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about come next week as well. Um, like, share, subscribe, do all the YouTube things. Oh, the other quick thing I wanted to say is I'm going to try and do better. This week won't apply. I'm going to continue to try and do better and release just the interviews, as we've called them. I took Corey Ellis's interview, for instance. Thank you. Chopped for out just exactly that one hour and then released it separately. So if somebody doesn't want all of this ridiculous banter that we go on and on, we drone on and on about, which I understand, uh, I'm going to try and do better at releasing the separate clip of when it's just the interview. And it's appropriately named just the interview. And I'm going to try and continue to do those more and more throughout. So if you saw those pop up, just know it's everything we did during the regular show, but it's trimming uh, down to just the interview. So I'm going to keep on that. All right, Tim and the rest of the Smashies, again, we love you guys. Thank you so much for the support, whether you're a Patreon subscriber or you just tune in every single week, whatever it is, we appreciate you guys being here. Thank you to everyone listening in an Audible-only format. Uh, We appreciate that. Any reviews or stars you can give us on whatever your listening app, that certainly helps us as well. So for Johnny V, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. That's been Podcast After Show 465. Have a great week at Ledgestone or wherever else you're playing or watching Disc Golf. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com slash safety. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period.